welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 25. It is the weekend of June 26th. We're actually getting an early jump on it this week. We're recording on Thursday. I'm going to post it tonight. Um, it's my wife's birthday, going away for my wife's birthday. So every once in a while, you know, we got priorities first. So wife, wife comes first this week, but we do have a, we're recording the podcast today. You are listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined, there it is, the new tongue, first day with a new tongue, joined <laughs> by my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. I don't know, Drew, if I'm all talked out. You know, we got a radio show and a podcast. They had three interviews today. I've just been talking and talking and talking. (laughs) Well, we'll try to get through this one at least. We got through the radio show at least already. So let's uh, see if we can power through this one, I guess, there. Yeah, well, you guys get an early jump on the radio show because when's our radio show, Drew? That is on Saturday and Sunday mornings now on the SportsMap Radio Network. It's called Sports Collectors Club. Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, Sundays, 7 a.m. Eastern. You can find out all the info about it and see and hear all of our past episodes at sportscollectorsclub.com. Yeah, we have some different content on the radio show, so give it a listen. It's on the SportsMap Radio Network. You can find your local station uh, right there. Go to sportsmapradio.com uh, and, and find all the information about our radio show. Or you can go to our website, which is sportscollectorsclub.com. Uh, we got a big week for me. It's my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, Paula. Very very excited. We're going to have a nice weekend with Paula's family and uh, do some fun stuff this weekend. So that's why we're recording a little early. We have a couple new web pages. Drew and I got some new web pages up. We have Drew's Excellent Adventure, which is going to outline all of Drew's upcoming show. We're going to post a uh, trip. I mean, we're going to post all the pictures from Drew's trip. We're going to have all sorts of cool stuff from Drew's trip across the country. He's going to see about 8 million minor league baseball games. We'll see all of the successes. And and Drew and I are going to see a game in Manchester, New Hampshire. We're going to see the Fisher Cats play. I don't even know who we see him play, Drew. Do you remember? They are taking on, I think it is the Richmond Flying Squirrels, the uh, double-A team for the Giants. Oh, cool. So I don't think I've ever seen them. So looking looking forward to that. We're going to have... Drew, wait, wait till you see the seats we have. We're going to have VIP seats. This is no low rent seat. So the, the Manchester Fisher Cats. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy that. I'm actually going to see the Fisher Cats on July 8th. I believe we're going to, me and the family are going to go see the, the Fisher Cats on July 8th. And then we'll see Drew and I will see the Fisher Cats in uh, August. I think it's August 2nd, 3rd, right around there. August 3rd. Yeah. Cause the second I'm going to be up in Portland and the third is when, uh, Aaron and I are going to be pulling double duty. We're going to see the Worcester uh, Red the Sox, Sox earlier in the day. Yep, the Woo Sox earlier in the day. You got a noon start there. And then we got a 7 p.m. start there up in uh, New Hampshire. So pulling double duty there for the first out of uh, – we're going to do that twice on the trip total. That's our first time we'll be doing it. 
Yeah, so check out, you can check out our webpage, which is ttmcast.com and check out Drew's Excellent Adventure. There's a link right there at the top and you can check that out. We also added a, a new page for the, the National. Everything that's hap- happening in the National for us, we put our uh, listener meet up, meet and greet information there. We will have anything that we'll, we'll have the booths that we're going to be in, some of the interviews we'll post there, we'll post pictures and well, so anything related to TTMcast and the National will be found there so check out our website which is ttmcast.com uh, also we got the nba draft this week we're very excited about that and we also have uh the stanley cup we might we might have a uh, finally crown a winner right we're right there i hope so and the earlier the better because uh going into game five here when we're recording this we've got uh that's going to be on tomorrow night and everything but we actually uh, my wife and i watched game three with a couple of other uh, local dallas area colorado fans and one of them is flying up and has tickets for game five. So it'd be kind of cool for him to, you know, get to see the cup handed out there. But uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself there, though. Well, you have uh, you, you've been planning your national trip. I said, check out our, our website. It's at Drew's Excellent Adventure. Anything else going on, Drew? Um, no, just, I mean, doing stuff with that. I finally have all of my hotels booked at least. So we've got, uh, we have a roof over our head in every single city now officially. So we're good on that. And Came in $2 under my budget, so that's uh, even better right there. And, yeah, just getting ready to start buying some cards here. I've got uh, just waiting on a friend of mine to see if he's able to get some more cards uh, this weekend at a card show. If he can, great. If not, well, I've got a large list off to buy there. I'm going to do all that, hopefully uh, July 1st, taking the day off and pouring over sport lots to see what I can find there. Well, guys, we have a great show coming for you this week. We have Connor Walden, who is president of BuyingSportsCards.com. Uh, it's a brand new marketplace. It's been going since March of uh, this year. They have uh, 1.85 million cards in their marketplace. And we talked to Connor about what's happening in the world of uh, sports and collecting, what's going on with his marketplace, and uh, just what's going on with the Nationals. So Connor Walden is coming up. Uh, next week, we have Chuck Williams, who played eight seasons of professional basketball in the ABA and the NBA, including uh, with the Buffalo Braves. We talked to Chuck about his professional career playing with the ABA and also uh, signing autographs. So it's really uh, cool. Well, that'll be coming up next. But this week, we have Connor Walden from BuyingSportsCards.com. We also have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. We've got Baker's Dozen first, which, of course, covers all the news in the world of collectibles from the past week. We've got Making the Grade, where we'll talk about anything related to grading that has come up here recently. Our stamp of approval, where Jeff and I will both give our thumbs up to something from the past week from anywhere. It could be from the world of sports, could be from outside the world of sports. You never know. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, which will cover any deaths that have happened in the last week from the world of sports, politics, music, movies, anything in the world of celebrity. And, of course, the reason why we're here and the reason why you're tuning in our TTM Returns. And guys, we love getting feedback from you guys. Keep sending your emails. Send the emails to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Like a professional. The guy's the, the guy's a pro. He's the best. Thank you, Drew. And we also have our text line, which is 978-729-0662. Well, that wraps up all our introductions, I think, Drew. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a summary, a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, before we uh, get to that, I just want to remind everyone to check out my article on TTM and autograph collecting in Sports Collectors Daily, sportscollectorsdaily.com. It comes out every week, usually either Monday or Tuesday, so make sure you check it out. And let's get right into the news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Our friends at Collects.op, they have purchased car dealer pro car dealer pro is a, a software company that that's going to add to the uh, collects dot app and uh the collects dot app has over one hundred fifty thousand users and i talked to tim ted mann who is the uh, co-founder and president about his uh, recent acquisition joining the show from his offices in new jersey is co-founder and ceo of collects ted mann and a very exciting time for you ted Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, we uh, we just completed a, an acquisition. So we're just a, a brand new startup, uh, only a few months uh, in so far with the Collects app, um, which is which is growing fast. And we just acquired a company called uh, Card Dealer Pro. Um, so we're uh, we're super excited about it. It's a, we think it's going to be a game changer for us and for the hobby. Um, I can. Would you like me to tell you just a little bit about what Card Dealer? Yeah, well, let us know what Card Dealer Pro uh, does and how what it brings to the table and how you think it's going to um, affect you know the the collect app uh, app for the collector. So Card Dealer Pro is a software for um, for dealers and stores to be able to rapidly scan, digitize, price, and sell huge volumes of cards, right? Thousands of cards at a time. Um, and this is something that, that, that honestly, since I started Collects, I was really interested in how do you use this technology? How do you use visual search? How do you use just everything that we've been building at Collects? How do you, how do you, how does a dealer use it? And it quickly became apparent that the Collects app, you know, as, as wonderful as it is for the typical collector, isn't really built for like a store or a dealer. It's like, you know, they, they need some different tooling, sure. um, and a different experience. Um, and a lot of times they need to be able to just to go uh, run a little bit faster. Um, and so what Card Dealer Pro is, it, it's a desktop software. You can download it as a Mac app or a Windows app. You can also do it, you use a web app. Um, so you can log in on, on the web um, on a browser. And you can, uh, you can hook it up to a high-speed scanner like, like the Fujitsu models or the Epson models. It could be a flatbed scanner or a top loader scanner. Yep. And you can feed it with, um, you know, a lot of cards. Uh, you can you can feed it in raw. You can feed them in top loaders. You can scan them with the flatbeds if they're like slabs. Um, I think pretty soon they'll also have top loader scanners that you can feed through um, the uh, slabs as well. And it will just very quickly just crank through those cards, capture really beautiful photography of them, allow you to um, you know get everything nicely cropped, uh, put a border or like you know branding around it. Um, and inventory it, right? So you can put it, give everything a location. You can say exactly where it's located in your store or in your, you know, the boxes in your, in your, in your if, if you're a dealer at home. Um, and then you can sell, 
and you can sell through multiple channels. Um, so you can cross list to eBay, Amazon, if you have a Shopify store, and of course, pretty soon the collects marketplace. Um, and so we, we think it's really, I mean, it's solving a huge problem for the dealers that we've talked to. Um, right now, Car Dealer Pro uh, has about 125 uh, dealers and stores using the software. Um, and they're selling a lot of cards, right? Like pretty high volume dealers. Sure. Some of them are big auction houses, um, like Mile High Cards in Denver. I've just actually talked to a couple of new auction houses this week who are starting to use it. Um, and they are they are listing a lot of cards at any given time and also selling a lot. So the typical dealer that we've talked to sells about $3,000 a day using the software. Um, so for, uh, you know, so for, the, for these guys, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's like allowing them to... Uh, um, these stores that maybe haven't sold a ton online, allowing them to uh, basically double their revenue. So how is the um, software a pay software? Or is it based on uh, percentage of sales or how, how does the, uh, how does it generate revenue for, for Car Dealer Pro and now for you? So Car Dealer Pro is a subscription based software. Um, it, they're, it's pretty cheap at the lowest tier. So it starts at like nine ninety nine, and then goes up from there up to like $200 a month. Um, and it's all based on usage, right? So based on how many cards you're going to be scanning um, and, and, and saving to your, uh, to your account. Um, we, we, we will introduce, you know, introduce the Collects Marketplace. Um, Collects Marketplace, like eBay, like Amazon, we charge a commission on every transaction, um, but our commission fees for dealers will be quite low. Um, right now, we're, we're, we're planning to launch at 5% for dealers. Um, that's inclusive of the credit card fees, you know, so our take is actually, you know, just a couple of percent. Um, so it's, yep. it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it'll be a pretty good deal for, for dealers. And, you know, part of the reason that we're doing that is because we, we really do want to be the best option. You know, we, 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 we will continue to support all these other marketplaces. Um, so, you know, if you're a, you know, if, you, if you've been selling cards on eBay and you're happy with that, and you, know, you can continue to do that using Card Dealer Pro, but we want to make collects like another kind of like check the box option. And as our app continues to grow and as we continue to have more and more buyers, hopefully people start to say, you know, hey, the collects marketplace is the is is the best best of all these. I'm just gonna sell there. Uh, I can I can I can make the most money and you know get you know have the lowest fees and you know just make it a no-brainer. Well, you guys have grown incredibly. I think when you and I first spoke, uh, I don't even know, think you were at a thousand users, and now you're at 150,000 users <laughs> in yeah. growing. So uh, I'm so impressed w w with the software. And, you know, I love the software since day one. Um, so, as a, and this is more for a collector than a dealer, I'm, I'm a collector. I have, you know, I've, I've got 250 cards scanned in, in the Collects app. But now I think maybe I want to start selling some of my cards. Is that, how, how, how is this acquisition, the Car Dealer Pro acquisition, going to help me as a collector? That I'm not a dealer. I don't have 10,000 cards that I'm going to I'm gonna sell 3,000 cards a day. And you know what I mean? Well, the big thing coming for, 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 for you as a, as, as a collector, as a user, is, uh, is, is, is our marketplace. And, it, and actually, we are going to be rolling that out first to just the collects user base. Um, so we won't even have the, the dealer integration for, for probably for a couple of months. Um, and so for the typical collector, the way it's going to work, I, I can, I'm, forgive me, I'm going to tease a little bit about like what's coming. Um, we spent a lot of time just making sure we're getting this right, making sure that our whole infrastructure is rock solid and we can support it well. Um, but basically the first piece is, is deals. So the way deals will work is you as a, um, 
you know, you're browsing on the app, you can go and list your cards for sale. You can specify, you know, what you want to ask for the cards. You can bulk list cards if you have a bunch of them already. Um, and then another user, if they come on and they see a card of yours that they like, they can uh, make an offer. Um, but even cooler than that is they can go and maybe they find five cards of yours. Maybe it's a bunch of $2 cards, right? Which typically pretty hard to sell those on eBay, right? Because yeah. the shipping ends up being worth more than the card. Um, but they could come into your account. They could they could select all those cards, all those $2 cards. Maybe it's five $2 cards, right? And, but now you've got a $10 transaction. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe you, maybe you want to add a few more and get it up to like $30 worth of cards. And then you can negotiate on that as a, as a, as a bundle. So you can say, you know, for these, you know, for all these cards, I'm going to offer you 25 bucks. And, and then you can go back and forth, you know, they can counter offer, you can, you know, basically get to a handshake agreement on a price, and then you can check out. And uh, with the checkout experience, we'll be facilitating payment. Um, so you can use your credit card, use Apple Pay, pay, um, we'll generate the shipping label. Well, you actually have the option um, as a seller, you can say, I'm going to generate the shipping label or Plex generate it for me. If you choose that option, we then apply that um, and the seller, uh, sorry, the buyer pays for the, the shipping typically, um, but that's also an option. You can say, I'll pay for the shipping or the buyer will. Um, and then we'll facilitate uh, the whole transaction and then, and then track the shipment. Um, so look at what, you know, has it been shipped? Uh, has it been received? And then we release the funds um, after after both sides have confirmed that it's- Do, it, do you envision um, integrating the Car Dealer Pro functionality into uh, the Collects app for, uh, the small time collector like myself? Well, definitely the, the marketplace piece will be integrated. Um, if you're talking about like the, you know, using high-speed scanners and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Th that, that may come. Um, we're definitely like, we're definitely interested in it. We're definitely, you know, obviously we, we've already built all that stuff. So um, so it wouldn't be a huge lift to, to support that. Um, but first things first is we, we need to build a collects uh, um, desktop site to really make that work because mm -hmm. trying to use high-speed scanners connected to your phone is a little wonky. So I would say that that'll probably, the, the Clex website will probably come first before we before we go down the road of like allowing you to bulk upload or, or add from a scanner. But um, I definitely think it's, it's, it's a thing that we will support in the future for the Clex, you know, under the Clex umbrella as well. Um, but for now, you know, we're kind of directing anybody who wants to use that kind of like that pro software to the Car Dealer Pro um, and continuing to try to make the Collects app as, as good as it can be, adding a bunch of functionality. There's a lot more than the marketplace coming, but that's, uh, I think, for somebody interested in selling cards, that's going to be the most exciting thing coming out in the next month. Do you envision um, in the marketplace for, for a collector, and forgive me if I'm going off a little, because... It kind of excites me. I think it's a, it's a great idea. Um, say I have like a 1966 Orlando Cepeda rock card that I just want to sell. Um, I scanned it. I scanned it into collects like I would now. And then it comes, it pulls up how much it's worth based on excellent condition, mint condition, whatever. And then it gives you all the sales history as a, if I decide I want to sell that, does that, does it put a suggested uh, sell price in there for me or how, how, how is that handled? Um, so right now we give you the comps, right? So we show right. you what, what the, what the recent sales are. Um, but it is up to you to decide what you want. So if you want, you know, if, if we're saying it's worth five bucks, but you're like, no, this is worth 20. You, you can, uh, you, you can, you can specify that. Um, and, um, you know, and, and that's what people are doing. I mean, 
sometimes people put in like, you know, that a $10 cards, you know, they're selling it for $40,000. Right. Um, and you know, that, 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 that can be weird, but that's, that's, that's just the way it works. I mean, as um, a collector and ser- searching for cards, is there going to be a, 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 an option where you can, ha- you can find stuff that is being sold below comp or, or near comp or, you know what I mean? So that I say, say I'm looking, I, I just want to see what the bargains of the day are. So I can go in and say, Oh, well, here's the, the 10 cards that are selling below comp. Maybe I'm interested in that at $7 as opposed to $20. Well, the, we're definitely going to be doing some big updates on the search functionality in the app. So um, you'll be able to use the search feature to be able to, to sort and filter um, based on criteria like that. Um, but you can also go into the, I mean, if you try right now, you can go to any of the, it's a terrible term, but we call them the canonical card. You go to the, if you go in the app and you search for a card and you go to any of the individual card records, you can see all the people who have that card listed for sale. So you can actually compare. Um, and you know, and, and it's and it's it's all right there. What what our suggested value is, and then what 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 everyone's asking, um, and you know, and that's that that already works pretty well. But I think we're going to make it uh, even easier to find stuff um, when we when we update the search, which will probably be also in the next month or so. Very good. We're speaking with Ted Mann. Ted is co-founder and CEO of Collects Collects.app, and he has they have recently acquired. This is hot off the presses. They required acquired card dealer pro and uh it's a great addition to the their uh company and their app and uh you know he we're talking about his acquisition and ted will be at uh he's a hometown guy it's going to be at the national atlantic city he's a jersey jersey boy at heart uh what do you got planned for the national we have a booth um so we will be exhibiting um we'll be in the breaking pavilion um Turns out there's like a four-year wait list for a regular dealer booth, but oh, we, sure. we were able to get out of the breaking pavilion. And so we'll be we'll be doing breaking some cards. We'll also be showing off Car Dealer Pro and Collects. Um, so definitely come swing by there. Um, we're really excited to talk to all the, the users on the Collects app as well as any professional dealers and stores. Um, we also have a, an event that we're putting together for uh, you know, especially for our existing customers and folks who are interested. So um, you know, if you swing by our booth, we can give you details on the uh, the event that we're holding on Friday. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited. I'm super psyched for the show too, because my, uh, Fred Barnes, who, who created car dealer pro, I haven't talked about Fred yet. Fred's a long time dealer. He's been a dealer for 20 years. Um, also a seasoned software executive, just Leah, you know, like me, you know, has, has, has been in, in the technology space for a long time. So Fred will be there and, uh, I'm super psyched to, to, to be able to be alongside Fred for the whole week. And, um, and yeah, we can't wait to meet people there. Are you going to be at the show, Jeff? I will be at the show. We're going to be connect, conducting interviews. Uh, Drew and I will be at the show. We're going to be in a couple of different booths. We will definitely stop by to talk to you guys. Guys, if you go to a card show, any card show, without collects.app in your hand, in your on your phone, you're going uh, you're, you're going shorthanded. You're going you're 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 fighting a losing battle. I recommend downing downloading the collect collects.app if you don't have it. It is awesome you scan any card any card that is in, in their database and you can find out the comps the, the sales comps uh, on ebay and online and it's just it gives you uh, power it gives you uh, buying power right economic power you go in and you say hey i'm not paying seven dollars for that card when it's only going for for two dollars or a dollar fifty or vice versa you find a card that's that, that's five dollars but it's going for fifty dollars or seventy five dollars well you know that's a card you should pick up 
Put your on your phone. You're, you're hired. Uh, I love it. It's, it's thank you so much for the uh, for the. I don't, Ted, I don't go to a show. If I, I don't go to a show, I don't go to a card store. I don't go to a comic book store without scanning a card to see if it, it, it it's a, a good buy for me. And it, it's it's the best app. And the best part, guys, it's free. There's no charge to use the, the best app in the world. Check it out. We're talking with co-founder and CEO of Collects, Ted Mann. It is collects.app. Congratulations on the acquisition of Card Dealer Pro. I think it is a fabulous move for you guys. It gives you a, uh, an inroad to a, a whole nother customer base. I think it, it's a, a natural, and I just think it, it's a great move for both you guys. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me on again. All right. We will talk to you, and we will see you in New Jersey. Sounds good. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ted. Kind of new, it's new, newsworthy, and this just happened the other day, and it was nice that Ted came on uh, today to talk about uh, his acquisition of uh, Card Dealer Pro. So that's uh, a cool addition for collects, and I think it's great for the hobby. It definitely is. We've got some more uh, info from the executive side of the collecting world. Mike Mahan named the new CEO of Fanatics Collectibles. Of course. Fanatics is taking over tops. They're taking over all of the uh, everything related to collectibles in the next few years. So, be interesting seeing what uh, he has to uh, offer there and uh, what direction he takes things in. He's the former CEO of Dick Clark Productions, so he's a guy who clearly knows entertainment. knows uh, Probably has a lot of really good Hollywood connections in there as well. So, I'm definitely interested in seeing what he uh, what he brings to the table there at Fanatics. In the world of uh, fractal, I guess it's fractal buying, right? Fractal collecting. Our friends at Collectible has uh, purchased the ball that Carlton Fisk hit the home run in game six of the 1975 World Series, the one that went off the foul pole in left field in Fenway Park. Well, when it went off the foul pole, uh, Seattle, Cincinnati uh, Reds outfielder, left fielder George Foster picked up the ball, put in his glove and brought it home. He, he ended up selling it eventually to a private collector. And then Keith Oberman from ESPN ended up buying it for $142,000. Well, now uh, collectible.com has it. You can buy them for $5 a share. The value of the ball is about $280,000. And uh, if you want to own a piece of history, that's $5 a share. Just go to collectible.com uh, to pick up your share of the 1975 Colin Fisk World Series ball. Uh, we got some auction news here recently as well on some vintage cards. 1954 Bowman Mickey Mantle card, only a PSA 4, so kind of a lower-end one or lower-graded one there. Still sold for $7,500 uh, recently in an auction. That's an increase of 171% from just over a year ago, back in uh, May of 2021 was when that one was last sold. Uh, over in the Topps counterpart set, Willie Mays, a PSA 6 of his card, Went for $3,250. That one's also up a bit since uh, last May. Sold back then at uh, $1,926. So that's a 68.7% increase. So a lot of money to be had there. A lot of movement going on in the uh, vintage card market, even on some of the kind of you know low to middle end grades on, on some of those. We got some national news to report. Uh, national is coming up. I think we're like 30 or 35 days away, Drew. Uh, yep. You're just a little, little over a month away. But guys, we're going to have a uh, listener meetup. TTM cast miss listener meetup. We're going to be at the boardwalk burger bar, which is at the Tropicana hotel in Atlantic city uh, on Thursday, July 28th uh, from six 30 to seven 30. We're going to be there meeting there and, and talking uh, TTMing and may, we may have a, a trivia contest or two here. And they've got some little prizes to give away. 
chance to, to meet Drew and I. We are not buying everyone beers, guys. <laughs> Our pockets don't run that deep, but we'd love to drink a beer with you and maybe have a, share an appetizer and just talk TTM and collecting at the National. We are going to be at the Boardwalk Burger Bar at the Tropicana Hotel. You can go to ttmcast.com, our website, click on the National button, and all of the information is right there, and we will post all our national news there as well. Got some new signers added to the list as well from the basketball world. We've got Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, both Hall of Famers from the Boston Celtics. Dr. J, Julius Irving added to the list, as is Alan Iverson. And the entire Run TMC crew from the uh, Golden State Warriors there of the 90s with Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen, all added to the list there. A couple big names in the baseball world with Hall of Famer Larry Walker and uh, non-Hall of Famer, but longtime great player Ken Griffey Sr., both added to the list there. And some football names as well, Tim Brown and Bo Jackson, both a couple of Heisman winners, and Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, all added to the list there. So, I mean, they've had some big names already on the list, and they just keep on coming here as we get closer. I was at a show that Bo Jackson was signing, and he was the grumpiest guy in the history of the world. So I'm I hoping, heard that. Uh, so I'm hoping that Bo's in a great, great mood because so many people love him, and uh, I'd love to get a Bo Jackson autograph, but if he's in a good, if he's in a bad mood, it's it's not a nice experience. So Bo, smile, say hello, shake a few hands. You're getting paid, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, he gets kind of picky about what he signs too. Like that, uh, the photo of him with the shoulder pads and the bat. He won't sign that because of some copyright, trademark, licensing kind of issues with it, and anything with the Heisman Trophy apparently on it, he will not sign. So. That kind of screws me up there for my uh, Heisman index card collection right there. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to figure out something there eventually on that. But yeah, he's uh, just to be forewarned for everybody out there that he, uh, he won't sign any of those items. at least. Yeah. So hopefully both sm- smile. It's, it's, it's a good day. Well, another, another thing that brings a smile to my face is our friends at droppingdime.org, which earns money for former ABA players through Lana sports, Lana sports.com. They have a cool thing. It's called the ABA signature ball series. And this month they have um, former ABA or Jim Aiken Eakins. Jim played for the Oakland Oaks, Washington Capitals, Virginia Squires, Utah Stars, and New York Nets, a uh, longtime ABA. And you get a signed ball from him for $129. That's a great deal. Check it out. Go to lanasports.com. The money goes to raise money for former ABA players that are not in the NBA pension. And they have a uh, thing called the ABA Signature Ball Series. And uh, this month they are selling Jim Eakin balls. So check it out, $129. There's the new releases to let you guys know about. On June 22nd, the 2021 Panini Contenders Optic Football came out. Six cards, one pack in the box. You get two autos, one parallel, one insert, and two base cards. Four, drum roll please, $640. Not bad, kind of high mid-range price, but uh, Panini does a great job with their uh, Contenders Optic Football. So check it out, $640 for the 2021 Optic from Panini. Another Panini release coming out in baseball this time. The 2022 Panini Select Baseball uh, set will be coming out. You get 12 packs of five cards in a box for $165. It's some nice stuff in there, though. You got five inserts, three numbered prisms, two memorabilia cards, and two autograph cards in there. So you get a pretty nice amount of stuff right there for that $165. A couple things got delayed. A couple baseball releases from Tops got delayed. Uh, 2022 Tops Definitive Baseball that was due out this week has been pushed back to the 6th of July. And the 2022 Tops Factory set 
was delayed until July. That that's going to go for about sixty dollars. I think the sets used to be what forty five, forty forty five dollars, right, Drew? And I think this this year they're sixty dollars, probably because the Wander Franco rookie cards in there. But um, you know, it's two thousand twenty two tops bath factory set has been delayed until July. Got a hockey product hitting the shelves as well. The 2021-22 Upper Deck SP Authentic set is going to be coming out. Get 18 packs with five cards per pack in there. It's going to run you $450 to $500. But along with that, you're going to get one Future Watch Retro Auto. Going to get a Spectrum Bounty card and three limited limited base red parallels. So get some nice stuff in there, at least, for that price tag. Yeah, and it's a, it's a nice release, so check that out. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. Next up, we're going to have Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit DSGGrading.com to learn more. Well, making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And we have some news from our friends at CSG that we've been sharing for the last couple of weeks. But this is kind of a last chance, right? Ring the bell, last chance, right, Drew? Exactly. Last call. If you haven't gotten your stuff into CSG yet, uh, you're going to be paying a little bit higher of a rate starting on July 5th. Their uh, bulk submissions going from $12 up to $15. Economy rate, standard rate, both gain $5, going from $20 to $25 for economy, and $30 to $35 for standard. And their express rate is going to go from $60 up to $70. Still more affordable than some of the bigger companies out there, but having to jump it up there a little bit there in the prices. Well, this is our, our, our last uh, uh, episode, last edition of TTMcast, sponsored by our friends at Diamond Service Grading. We want to thank you them for their sponsorship. Just want to remind everyone that Diamond Service Grading, DSG Grading, there's a $5 coupon code, and I think that will go till the end of the year. For anyone from TTM Cast, you just put this code in, which is 4HMUGTZG. We'll leave that up on our website just in case you, you want it. It's on our website at TTM Cast. It gives you $5 off any card you get graded with our friends at Diamond Service Grading. That's DSG Grading. They have a cool QR code in their label. You just scan it, gives you detail of all the uh, card uh, reasons why your card got graded that. Their standard submission is 30 uh, bucks, but you get it for 25 if you use the coupon code. They have era labels, all sorts of other cool stuff. Um, they are meeting their 30-day turnaround time. They've been very busy, and we want to thank them for the sponsorship all, all this time. But uh, they've decided to, to uh, take a, a break for a little while, so they will not be sponsoring the show anymore. But we still do love our friends at DSG Grading, Diamond Service Grading. Check it out, dsggrading.com. Well, that wraps up making the grade. Next up is TTM Cast Stamper Approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. Drew, why don't you take it? Why don't you take your, your stamp of approval for the week? All right. Well, mine has to go to the team that is currently one win away from Stanley Cup as the Colorado Avalanche. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. You know, they're, they're still a win away yet. They haven't won anything yet. And I've been on both sides of a team with uh, either coming back from a 3-1 deficit or blowing a 3-1 deficit. And so I'm hopeful that the series ends sooner than later here. But Friday, Sunday, hopefully they can clinch it somewhere in there. But my stamp of approval goes for, I mean, two overtime wins there against a very tough team in Tampa. 
a blowout in game two. They've put up a heck of an effort there so far in this series. and Hopefully they can finish it off. So there's my stamp approval for this week. My stamp approval goes, thank you, Drew. My stamp approval goes to a TV show that I've been watching. It's a series, I believe is nine or two episodes in it. It's on Disney Plus and it is in the Star Wars world. It's called Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it uh, it's really cool. It, it kind of does a lot of the backstory of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader and Anakin and uh, all, 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 all those, those good Star Wars guys and Leia and Luke when they were kids. And uh, it's, a ve- it's done very well. So uh, if you're a Star Wars guy and, you, you know, you like the, the lightsabers and the, <laughs> the fighting and the whole nine yards and the special effects, it's a, it's a good series. So I'm going to recommend Obi-Wan, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is on Disney Plus um, and it, it is, you know, they're part of the Disney Empire now and uh, it's well worth the time. So check it out. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is my TTM cast stamp of approval. Well, Drew, that wraps up stamp of approval for the week. Next up is Vern Rap Minute. Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let them know people that have passed away in the world of sports and politics and entertainment who you might uh, send TTM requests to. So we lost a couple of young young uh, people uh, this week. We lost J- Jason Ferguson, who was the de- defensive end and outside linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. He was the third pick out of Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. He played 2020 with the Ravens, and he was only 26 years old. Another fairly young one, uh, Caleb Swanigan, a, a first-round pick out of Purdue by the Portland Trailblazers. Went 26th overall in the 2017 draft, played for Portland and the Sacramento Kings during a three-year NBA career. Uh, he died this week, only age 25. So a couple of young ones there right off the bat. We lost a, an NHL veteran and an AA. He played most of the season, most of his time in the AHL. His name was Gary Collins. He played for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 1958-59 season. Uh, he was primarily in the AHL. He played for Rochester, Providence, Quebec, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Gary Collins was 86 years old. Uh, moving into the baseball world, Dave Wickersham. The oldest living Kansas City Royals player. He was an original member of the Royals and spent 10 seasons as a pitcher in Major League Baseball, played for both the A's and the Royals in Kansas City. Also spent some time with the Tigers and the Pirates. He was a 19-game winner for the Tigers in 64 and pitched the entire decade of 60s, 1960 straight through to 1969. Uh, He died this week at age 86. Yeah, I love his 69 card. It's got A's in that Royals uniform with the the blue sleeve. I don't know if you've seen it. It's It's a really great card. Nice. Did you have him as a, uh, an autograph? I think I do, but I'm not 100% certain on that. We have to look him up for sure and see if I got him. Yeah, I think he I think was I a did. pretty good TTMer back in the day. And uh, just today, we lost Tony Saragusa, former uh, Baltimore uh, Colt and Raven. Uh, he played defensive tackle. He won the Super Bowl with, the, with Baltimore. Um, and he was a sideline reporter, famous sideline reporter, very, very colorful character. Uh, he was only 55 years old, so... Um, it's, you know, he was, he, he was one of those guys that was, uh, a character on the sideline as a player and as well as a, a sideline reporter, you know? Yeah. A... Anyways, as I was saying, yeah, he was, I mean, a big run stopper in the middle there too. A good 
350 pounds or so as a player. I mean, he was just a absolutely massive guy there on the middle of that defensive line for those teams. Well, that wraps up our uh, burn wrap minute for the week. And we are calling our condolences. I go out to friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk uh, TTM returns. Do you have a perfect 10 in your collection? Now's the time to find out. With the introduction of the CSG Perfect 10 label, the perfect holder meets the perfect label for your perfect cards. If you have cards certified with the original CSG label, take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card until June 30th, 2022. Get all the details at csgcards.com. Well, I had an okay week uh, return-wise. I got a, a Hall of Famer and some, some other cool guys. Um, just want to remind, before we start talking about trends, I want to remind everyone that the price of stamps is going up to $0.60 cents for first-class stamp. They're going up July 10th. So if you haven't got your um, forever stamps, I would go out and buy a couple of rolls of forever stamps before the price of stamps go up. Drew, why don't you go run down your returns for the week? Yeah, I only had two TTMs. I'll cover my IP stuff a little bit here as well. Those two TTMs, I got Dennis Hextall back, longtime uh, Minnesota North Star, uncle of Ron Hextall, of course, part of the big NHL Hextall family. Took two years for that to come back to me. I mailed it out in June of 2020. Never saw it again. Finally came back to me this week, signed with a black ballpoint pen signature. Also got Dr. Lawrence Rocks. He is a chemist who's done some work in uh, chemistry and how it applies to sports, especially in baseball. And actually has been working, uh, Paul DeJong of the Cardinals has done some work with him as well. But he has a couple of cards in the Allen Ginter sets. Mailed those off, got those signed back in about two weeks. And like I said, just a real quick rundown of what I was able to get in person this week. We had the uh, Midland Rockhounds come to town to play against the Frisco Rough Riders. But they able to get uh, several of the A's top prospects. They're a number three prospects, the number seven third baseman in all of minor league baseball. And the number 90 MLB prospect, uh, Zach Geloff, signed a photo for me. Also got photos signed by a couple of other A's top 30 prospects in Colin Palouse, uh, Jeff Criswell, Michael Goldberg, Brett Harris, and Ryan and uh, excuse me, Logan Davidson. Actually, no, Davidson is on cards, but I got those guys on photos at least. Got cards signed by Logan Davidson, the number 23 prospect, Ryan Cusick, the number eight prospect, Jordan Diaz, the number 10 prospect, and then a few other unranked prospects in J.J. Schwartz, Austin Beck, Kyle McCann, Jeremy Ironman, and their manager, Bobby Crosby, who of course was a former... Um, Rookie of the Year winner in the American League back in the, I think it was, I want to say about 2004 or thereabouts that he won that one. But Cosby used to sign everything he had. He's down to one per now. So he's uh, just, a, just a heads up, only carry one item for him if you go for him. But Frisco was their usual uh, great signing selves. Justin Foscu uh, signed for us after the game. He's uh, the Rangers number five, the second baseman number six, and uh, MLB's number 74 prospect. Dustin Harris, who's currently ranked uh, number four among first baseman and number six in the Rangers organization. Jack Leiter, who, of course, is the Rangers' number one prospect, the number four right-handed pitcher, and MLB's number 15 prospect. Got all of them to sign for me, along with unranked prospects J.P. Martinez, Sandro Fabian, Trey Hare, Matt Wutley, and Jonathan Ornelas. Uh, Ornelas is down to signing only one per person now as well, and Foscue told us that from now on, he's only signing it after games in which he hits a home run. So <laughs> I'm hoping he goes on a tear to finish out the season, so I've got a good another four or five cards I'd like to get signed by him. This is lighter. The real thing. Is he the real deal? We'll see. Um, I think he definitely has the stuff. Um, when I've seen him though, I've probably mentioned before, he really struggles out of the stretch. You get guys on base against him and 
it seems like he just tries to overthrow because he suddenly starts dropping these 58 foot sliders and stuff along with it. So he's, he's hittable. His ERA is in the fives right now, I think, but I mean, this is also his first year of pro ball. So, you know, give him another year, maybe start the season next year in double a, if he starts out fine, move him up to triple a. And then if it goes well, he might get a late season cup of coffee next year, or at the very least to start the 2024 season. Right. Cause he came out of high school, right? Um, no, he actually oh, he did a couple college. years. Yeah. He did a couple years at Vanderbilt. Okay. So he was at Vanderbilt for a while, but he, he originally was drafted out of high school, but didn't sign, decided to go to Vanderbilt instead. Fun story though. One of my best friends from high school was actually his freshman year of high school uh, history teacher. So I was able to drop that uh, name on Jack a couple times there be like, yeah, Hey, uh, I know Luan Faust. You remember him? He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I had him for a teacher. So Do you, is it to the point where you got these guys recognize you? Cause you've seen him four or five times now, right? Yeah, pretty sure they do. I mean, that I'm pretty sure is why Foster's saying, yeah, I'm only going to sign for you guys after a game, which I hit a homer, but uh, Lighter probably knows he's Lighter's kind of a odd one though. He personalizes items, but only if they're larger. So like baseballs will personalize photos eight by 10 or larger. He'll personalize. So I got him on a four by six earlier. He didn't personalize it. I got him on a ticket stub and he didn't personalize that, but eight by 10 this time he said, yeah, uh, yes, what my name was and put drew on it there, but white eraser takes it off. So Okay, cool. Well, thanks, Drew. I had a, I had okay week this week. From beginning of the week, I had a, um, a bunch come in, but then the last couple of days it, it slowed down. So uh, I'll just run through mine quickly. I got Alan Carter, who was a running back for the New England Patriots, on his 1976 Patriots card. He signed it in pen. Came back in a couple of weeks. I got uh, Ralph Baker. No relation. He played linebacker for the New York Jets for a number of years in the in the 60s and early 70s. He was on the Jets Super Bowl team. He, uh, let's see, do you recover? Let's see. He was, uh, he had the finest pro year in 1968, topping off with a fumble recovery in the championship and Super Bowl. So he had, he had a good playoff run and uh, he signed the 75 card. He's card number uh, 51, signed it in blue Sharpie with his number. So thank, thank you, uh, Ralph. No relation. I got Bill McClard. Bill McClard, you might not recognize the name. He was a kicker for um, the Saints. He actually got drafted in the third round by the Chargers in 1972, and he played for the Saints for a couple of years. And uh, Bill McClard uh, kicked the uh, first 60-yard field goal when he was a member of the Arkansas Razorbacks in college. Uh, he actually kicked it a week before uh, Tom Dempsey did it for the Saints in 19, back in 1970, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I got... Um, Eric McMillan from the New York Jets on his super rookie card is the 1989 tops card. And I got Kevin Mack, who was a thousand yard rusher for the Cleveland Browns back in the eighties. Uh, he signed it with a, a black Sharpie with his number. So I was kind of happy to get that. And then I sent to uh, TTM hall of famer, uh, Robert Parrish. I sent his 1986 and 87 player cards. And surprisingly, Flair spelt his name wrong on both cards. They never oh, corrected it. They spelt his last name P-A-R-R-I-S-H on both cards, and they never corrected it. So that's kind of weird for a guy that had been in the NBA for a while and uh, was, you know, was an all-star at the time, and they, they spelt his name wrong twice. But Paris signed both of them in a nice blue, blue pen, returned in about, I don't know, a month. So he runs hot and cold. Sometimes he's really quick and turn around, and sometimes you, you kind of have to wait. But this was a, a pretty quick turnaround, so... Those are my TTM returns the week I sent out. I think I sent out eight or 10 this week to, to, to keep my, my uh, 10 that, uh, that I've been trying to get every week. So, um, you know, I got to uh, hopefully I'll get a bunch in the mail in the next couple of weeks. And well, um, I think that's about it. I think that that wraps up returns the week. Anything else, Drew? 
Nope, probably going to try to write a couple more out, um, going down to a couple of games here in the next few weeks. And uh, my friend Chris, who's been on the show before, says he's got some cards for me, so I'll probably be uh, sending out whatever he's got for me there. So hopefully we'll uh, get some returns out of those. Yeah, and I got some cards uh, about uh, eBay online um, for the Nationals. So I got a couple rookie cards for the Nationals as well. So we got we got a lot of stuff coming. We're going to get a lot of in-purchase in-person stuff and drew's got his trip coming up and he'll probably have like 300 <laughs> autographs from his trip to share with you while, while, while he's on his trip well that wraps up our returns for the week next up we're going to have our ttm cast interview this week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading well drew i had the pleasure of talking with connor walden Connor is uh, founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. They have uh, 1.85 million cards in their marketplace, which is unbelievable for a company that got started in uh, March of this year. So I talked to Connor about his uh, marketplace, his new marketplace, uh, the hobby in general, and talk about the Nationals. So please enjoy my interview with Connor Walden. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. It's not too late to participate in the first ever CSG Registry Awards. Add your cards to the CSG Registry to automatically be considered for awards and prizes, including a $500 grading credit. The deadline to get your sets ready is July 1st, and the winners will be announced on July 29th. What are you waiting for? It's fun, free, and easy to compete. To learn more, visit csgcards.com registry. Joining the show from his offices in St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, is founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. His name is Connor Walden. He has been uh, collecting for a while. He is uh, only 25 years old. He used to own a local card store in St. Louis. And what we're going to talk to uh, Connor today about is uh, the hobby and collecting. And BuySportsCards Marketplace has hit 1 million cards since it la- it's launched in March of 2019, which is really incredible. So welcome to the program, Connor, and you guys should be very proud of your accomplishment. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. And just correction too on uh, March of 2022. So we've only been out about nine or 10 weeks. Uh, oh, as I'm of the sorry. Of the show. I, I apologize. It, I think in, in one of the sportscollectors.com uh, article, I think it said March 9, 2019. Yeah, there may have been a typo, but yeah, we, uh, we're a new company for sure. Great. Well, that, that's even more impressive. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, as I said, Connor is in St. Louis, and he is uh, the brand. This is a brand new company. I know, you know, I had I had uh, heard about through sportscollectors.com, the uh, uh, sportscollectorsdaily.com, and they reached a million cards. Uh, the first marketplace card marketplace in 13 years to reach a million cards. It must have been um, something for you to hit that number so quickly. Yeah, no, it was definitely something that we're very excited about. Um, Like you said, just a little bit of a background on me, I think, to really understand our marketplace. Our site is buysportscards.com. I've been a collector for a really long time. I currently actually own a local card store with one of my good friends here in St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, you know, one of the big motivations for us, um, you know, is that we've been in the industry for the long, long time. And ultimately, um, we wanted to build something and we were motivated as a team here at buysportscards.com because we've been in the industry and a lot of the other sites that exist out there um, either are not really tailored towards sports cards and sports cards are sold on them uh, like an eBay 
Um, or you have sites that were maybe made 15 or 20 years ago that don't really, you know, utilize some of the modern technology. And when you get on the site, you know, it provides kind of an old experience. Um, and so that was one of the things for us that was a motivation during some of the hard days was that we wanted to build something that we actually wanted to use for ourselves. And that pushed us to do what we think was a lot of the right things and, and the things that we wanted as users ultimately. Now, when you, you mentioned technology, because really you're a technology company, right? You're obviously yep. selling cards, but you're a technology company. Um, how have you le leveraged technology to make it uh, a better experience for the seller and the buyer? Yeah, so that's one of the really interesting things. And I know it's kind of a hot button uh, topic in the industry right now. Um, I want to say our company, you know, with us coming from the collecting roots and being involved with sports cards may be different from some of the other newer companies that are coming into the industry. Uh, it seems like some companies come in with cool technologies and they try to apply it to sports cards. And a lot of the times that means changing preferences. You know, you see things with NFTs and other things that are going on right now. Um, and there's, there's some pushback on that kind of stuff. The thing for us that I think is beneficial is we really took uh, kind of the way that people were transacting right now in the marketplace and were able to improve things under the hood. Um, so this means that it's going to be easier now in terms of listing cards. So we've provided an experience where you can list cards typically in, in less than 20 to 30 seconds per card, uh, which will dramatically set, save the seller time. Um, and then the same thing for the buyers that we have a lot of data on the back end that we're able to utilize and leverage so that when you're searching for a specific card, uh, you can get to that card and pinpoint it much more quickly. Um, and there's some things kind of going on in the background with search, but the, the exciting thing for us about that is that whether you're you know older or newer, whether you're good with technology or not so much, um, the technology is really happening behind the scenes. And it's not something where when you come on our website, you've got to feel like a technologist or you've got to be up to date with the hottest buzzwords. Um, it's really you know kind of putting a bigger engine under the hood uh, versus some of the other sites that are currently out there, so that we can provide you know a more streamlined experience that you're used to. What I think, what I liked about your site is that I almost got the feeling like I was at a card show, you know, you have that featured card section. So, yep. you know, I, I, the first thing right up at the top, so you go in and you see like, oh, there was a 1963 Flair baseball card that I wasn't looking for, but I, mm -hmm. I, I you know, I clicked on it and said, oh, how much is that? That's kind of a cool looking card. Um, was that kind of the, what you were looking for in that section? Yeah, exactly, Jeff. I'm, I'm glad you say that because we tried to put a lot of time into that and you know, one of the things, um, as good as eBay is for certain things, I think that ultimately um, sports cards, if any market deserves a specialized marketplace, it's probably sports cards. I mean, you know, we have the data on our site and I can talk a little bit more about that later, but um, there's basically been almost 14 million sports cards that have ever been created across all sports. And that's going back, um, you know, to the, to the late 1800s, all the way to modern day. So you've got 14 million cards over the course of 150 years. If you look at the most recent sets, you know, you've got 40 different color variations, you know, how many different reds and purples. And I know it drives me crazy as a collector. It yeah. Drives me crazy. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's really a big thing is, you know, you can go walk into a Walmart or a Target and buy sports cards, or you can go into a local card store and the experience that you're going to have doing that, you know, you could still be buying the same pack or blaster or cello pack, but ultimately the experience you're going to have walking into a card store is different because it's tailored towards us as collectors and people that are in the hobby. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure our site was accessible for new entrants to the hobby, but I wanted it to feel like you walked into a local card store and you weren't going to see, you know, 
an advertisement for a GMC Sierra. You weren't going to go, you know, see a bicycle or a used Xbox controller, or all of these things that kind of take you out of the experience of looking for sports cards. So our website doesn't have any advertisements on it. Um, we don't have anything that we sell besides sports cards as a marketplace. Um, and that allows us to really specialize and provide the best experience for people in the hobby. We're speaking with Connor Walden. Connor is CEO and founder of Buy Sports Cards uh, Marketplace. It's buysportscardsmarketplace.com. Connor, one of the things that I kind of liked is I when I went on in is I just clicked on football cards and uh, on the right-hand side of that, it has the list of the top, I don't know, 10 or 20 players. So I just clicked on Tom Brady just to see what was in again. And it was that card, that sports card experience, you know, the sports card store experience. It's like, oh, look at all these Tom Brady cards that I never knew existed. And you guys have yep. them right there front and center. It was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That that's So that's one of the big things um, I think that separates our site for both buyers and sellers. It's kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, so one of the things that always frustrated me um, with some of the other sites that are out there, and eBay being a good example of this, is the fact that there's there's struggles to be organization um, because really the way that eBay allows the seller to start the process of listing a card is to enter their own information and sellers I know do their best on that but what happens is you know Jeff if you listed a card and I listed a card could be the same card we may not put all of the same data points in the listing yep. and because of because of that reason when somebody gets on to eBay and they go search the card, there's a possibility that they may miss my listing or miss your miss listing. Um, or there's the possibility that we could have a third party that's putting in keywords that aren't pertinent to the search and it kind of muddies the waters and provides right. and a also, And also um, the, the seller can misspell things and, and misname yep. it in terms of the year of the card. And there's a lot of um, inconsistencies. Exactly. And, and, you know, I had a card that I, I was collecting that I stole, I almost feel like for $5 because it was a football card that they had listed as a hockey card. And, you know, so I, I stumbled across it in another search and I'm like, okay, well, well, this is awesome for me, but it's unfortunate for the seller. So what we've done is we've aggregated the checklist on basically every set that's been made. Um, we've worked really hard and compiled a lot of images as reference images um, in the database, we have almost 7 million images, stock images that we use so that both sellers and buyers uh, can easily pinpoint what they're looking for. And so in terms of the processes of sellers, when you get onto our site and want to list a card, we already have 90% of the information entered. It's everything about that specific card, but it's not specific to yours. And so you're going to say, you know, the condition of your card, your price, your quantity, and that removes 90% of the steps that you'd have to do on a site like eBay. What that does on, on the other side for a buyer ultimately is now since we have basically a, a, a product SKU, a stock keeping unit on the back end, mm -hmm. uh, it makes it really easy because all listings now will show up on a centralized product page. So no longer do you have to go through, click through a hundred listings to go see, you know, what the pictures look like, you know, what the feedback for that seller is, what the description says, it'll show it all on one product page. And just like you said, that provides a lot of information. And, and even with us having that data, even cards that we don't have in stock, it gives you the ability to flip the filter to say, I want to look at out of stock cards. And you can see every Tom Brady insert card from whatever year you want, from whatever set. And, you know, it starts to expand the hobby and starts to provide you with more, you know, different avenues that you can go down to kind of scratch that itch and, you know, find the next set or the next player that you want to collect. Are you guys taking physical ownership of these cards and then uh, shipping them out yourselves? Or is it still, um, you know, buy a buyer seller relationship? How's that? How's that handled? 
Yep. So it's going to be a buyer seller relationship completely. Um, you know, at some point uh, in the future, it may be some third party service that we offer if it's something people want to do. But, you know, the reality for me is I always, you know, was frustrated with the fact that some of the sites that came along, you know, they basically acknowledged that eBay's process was frustrating so that they would list the cards for you. But, you know, it's it becomes complicated in terms of the cost associated with that, where there's, you know, charging per scanning and listing the card and storage and all of these things. And, you know, what we found, one of the big things we did early on was that we built up a social media following um, kind of of all ages and demographics of people who are collectors and people who buy and sell online. And it was pretty overwhelming that most people want to keep their cards in their possession. And I always felt the same way. You know, it's nice to be able to turn my listings off, take it to a card show. Um, you know, if I decide I want to keep something that I don't have to rely on somebody, you know, to try to pull it back out of their system because it, it can be tough uh, to do that. So right now, if you're the seller, you're going to list your cards. You can store them wherever you want to. Personally, you're going to ship it to the end user. Uh, one of the things that we have is we actually have built-in shipping where we have negotiated rates with the USPS so that you can print labels on our website. Um, and then you're going to send it directly to the buyer and we're not going to touch your cards at any point in the process. So you're just facilitating the sales process and, and really basically being the, the card mall, so to speak, for, for the buyer and the seller to, to interact, correct? Exactly. Yeah, I kind of look at our site. Um, it's similar to almost like Amazon for, for cards, you know, the way that it's designed in it to an extent. And that's where, you know, we, we don't take any of the physical uh, inventory, like you said, and we really do just facilitate the transactions. Ultimately, the goal of our business and I kind of the North Star for our team Everything I say that we do needs to come back to this is making the process of buying and selling easier uh, when it comes to sports cards. And so, you know, taking physical inventory doesn't really check that box for us uh, at this point, and it actually may never. But um, that's what we're really focused on is just facilitating those transactions. We're speaking with Connor Walden. Connor is founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. It is a marketplace to purchase cards and sell cards. They have over a million cards. Congratulations. They have a, a million you. cards in their marketplace. Uh, it was re recently launched. I, I've been saying that it's launched in March 2019, but it's actually March of 2022. Yep. Yep. March yeah. of 2022. So it's a very, fairly new company. They're actually the first marketplace, card marketplace, since COMC uh, to have a million cards the first time in 13 years. So that, that's kind of cool. It is a really fun marketplace. You should check it out. It's buy sports cards. Dot com. Connor, um, you know, just like for as a as a collector, is it easy to join? Yeah, it's very easy to join. So whether you're on a desktop computer or whether you're on your phone, in the top right corner, you're going to see a sign up or a sign in button. All you're going to do is click the button. There's going to be a little link at the bottom that says sign up. You just have to put the email in, which it'll do like a verification. Uh, then you enter your password and then you hit submit and you're signed up at that point. If you want to become a seller, uh, there's a few additional steps that may take another minute or two. Um, it's going to be entering, you know, what you want your store's name to be, how you want to be referenced as a seller on the website. So it's what buyers will see on your listing. Um, then you're going to go through and enter, you know, whether or not you accept offers, uh, what you want to charge for your shipping rates, and then you're going to finalize with the bank information. So it makes it a, a pretty streamlined process and it shouldn't take you more than a few minutes to get signed up. Now, as a seller, um, I, I still have to take a picture of my card, the, the card that I'm selling, or how, how does that work? Yeah. So one of the things, like I had said, um, that's beneficial about our site is that we do have the 7 million reference images in the database, but you're not required to use those. So kind of the rule of thumb that we say is on raw cards, we recommend that you take a picture of your card. Uh, but we understand that there's cards out there that are, you know, 
five, 10, 25 cent cards that, you know, to be able to really list those cards and have to take photos or scans of all of them can at times not be cost effective. But, you know, you know that as a seller, there's somebody out there that may want that card. So in cases like that, if you'd like to use our reference image, because it's possible that it's a set collector and they're not going to be, you know, super um, uptight or worried about the condition, you know, that they'll kind of say, if you say it's near mint, then it probably is pretty close to near mint. Um, but you also can always take your own photo on graded cards. We require the sellers to take photos though, just so that we can authenticate that they have the cards uh, and we require the front and back in that situation. But as a seller on any listing, you can put your own photo raw cards. It's, it's recommended, but not required. Now as a seller, I know uh, the biggest complaint with eBay and some of the other marketplaces are the fees that they charge and the percentages. And it doesn't make it um, economically feasible to, to list a lot of cards, you know, um, mm -hmm. what are your fees and what are the benefits uh, to joining uh, uh, buy card, card com marketplace as opposed to some of the other marketplaces out there? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like you said, on buysportscards.com, uh, we actually have a 0% seller fee at this point. Um, it's something that we've been doing since our launch back in March. Uh, I expect that we'll probably continue to do it for at least another three months um, that we'll have no fees on the website. And then at some point, we'll probably incrementally raise the fees to be a few percentage, um, probably less than three to 5%. And that's really one of the things that we're looking to do to make it e as easy as possible to try the website. Um, you know, I have the benefit that I have, you know, a few other businesses of my own that I can continue to self-fund this um, and that we don't need the fees at this moment. We've got a good sized team. And until we ramp up much bigger than that, we can handle everything coming our way. Um, and so that's a real big benefit, you know, and I kind of come from a place where ultimately I want you just to try the site because my belief is that once you try it, that you'll see the benefits that we offer and the direction that we're going in. And, you know, you won't want to leave the website, uh, once you try it out and see that you kind of have an alternative, uh, in that regards. And so that's really a place that we see a lot of people coming on and just trying it out because ultimately, um, it gives them the chance to give us feedback and it doesn't cost them anything. So we're not asking for anything in return right now um, in terms of the site. Now, the status of, uh, of the, the whole hobby as a whole, uh, you know, it's, we've been, it's been building and growing for the last year, two years, really since COVID. And there's been kind of murmurs that the, the hobby's kind of slowing down a little and that, you know, maybe because of the economy, we don't, we're not quite sure. Have you seen, uh, an increase in transactions since, since since you've launched in March in terms of uh, percentage of transactions and, and you, do you see a continued growth of the hobby? Yeah. So with our site being a new site, you know, starting from day one at zero, um, things have definitely increased uh, month over month, every month, uh, almost on a daily basis. Our numbers are increasing in terms of the sales that are happening on the website, the new users that we have. But a lot of that may be a product of the fact that we're just new and starting, you know, from a low number. Um, I do, you know, hear and see from sellers that we have that also are cross-listing on other websites, um, you know, that some of their numbers are decreasing. Um, I think a lot of that's going to probably be attributed to the things that are going on in the market. Um, you know, it was an exciting couple of years. There were a lot of people that got involved in the hobby. Um, some of them, you know, for the love of cards, other ones, maybe for the love of money, <laughs> but Ultimately, um, you know, I see the hobby on a positive forward trajectory and there's a lot of people that got into the hobby, you know, maybe money was the draw for them initially, but they'll stay around. And, and so, you know, I think we may be still kind of deflating in terms of where we were at 2021, uh, 2020 was kind of an outlier in that regard. Um, but I think that there's a lot of new people that have come into the market and we've set a good foundation to continue to build on, 
for years to come. So it's going to be really exciting. Now, the, the path to a million cards, a million of anything is, is incredible, right? You get you yeah. hit a million or anything that kind of perks everyone's ears up and so yeah. doing some, you're doing something right. So that kind of must have validated what you guys are doing. Um, you know, do you have what you know, do you have a, a number in mind that, uh, you know, at year one, you like to be at 10 million cards in your your marketplace next amount of transactions? And, and what, what are some of the plans for the for the future? I know the site's fairly new, but what's some of the plans for the future? Yep. No, you really hit the nail on the head. So our goal actually for the first year is to get up to 10 million cards. Uh, so you're, <laughs> you're a smart guy here, but um, right now we're actually um, probably, you know, when this goes live, we'll be crossing the barrier of 2 million cards. So as we record this, we're almost at 1.9 million. Um, so things are growing quickly. Um, you know, ultimately for us, I think staying focused on sports cards is really important. You know, I've seen a lot of marketplaces in the past that try to expand too far outside of the bounds. And I think one of the things that makes our site successful is that, you know, our team is focused on sports cards and that we understand sports cards are a unique market. Um, you can't treat them the same as, you know, collectible card games or trading card games. They're very different than like a Pokemon. Uh, they're very different than shoes or, you know, expensive purses or a lot of these other, uh, you know, markets that some of these sites get into comic books. Um, you know, there's, there's similarities, but there's differences. And so I think for us focusing on you know, making it an easier process to buy our buy cards on our website and to sell cards on our website is going to constantly be our goal. So we're going to be implementing um, a mass upload tool, which will allow you to be listing hundreds of cards in a few minutes. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so right now our process is is fast. Like I said, it's probably twenty to thirty seconds per card, which is a lot quicker than like an eBay. But there's still things that we are working on that can make it even more uh, quick because we have a lot of data on the back end to be able to to push the listings up and then continuing to curate the experience so that when you get on buysportscards.com, you feel like you are walking into that local card store, you are walking into a card show. Um, but you know, it's not going to be as much digging through the boxes. We have a lot of pretty images, uh, that are shown and it, it makes it really easy. So that's ultimately our goal is going to continue to say is what we're focusing on making it easier to buy and sell cards. And if it is, then I think that we're going in the right direction. We're speaking with Connor Walden. Connor is founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com, which is a, a brand new marketplace to purchase and sell sports cards. It, it, it's a great um, site, actually. Go check it out. I really recommend it. It's um, visually is fabulous. I think you guys did a great job in terms of graphic design and laying it out. I think the navigation is is fantastic. Um, it, it was uh, I, I didn't know much about it until until I. Uh, Started digging in a little, and I was very impressed. So, guys, check it out. It's called BuySportsCards.com. Um, Connor, what do you are you got? What's your plans for the for the national coming up next month? Do you have any plans? Are you guys gonna have a a presence at the national? Yeah, so we will have people at the national. You know, unfortunately, uh, last year with everything being as hot as it was, it's it kind of sold out before it opened. You know, you know that's one of the hardest things with the national is that there's a lot of people that want to be there and have a booth there. And, you know, once you kind of get your foot in the door, it helps you for the next year. So uh, we unfortunately will not have a booth, but we will have a presence at the show. Um, you know, I'm really excited to go because like I had said from the beginning, you know, really at first I'm a collector. Uh, I do own a store and now we are operating a marketplace. Um, so as much as those events are great for the business networking and things like that, what I'm really excited, uh, you know, especially kind of coming out of COVID and everything else is to be around people in the hobby and the collectors, because I feel like that's often where we get the best feedback. It's where we get our next ideas. Um, and, you know, sometimes when I feel like when you view these card shows as too much of a, like a business meeting, 
mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it kind of ruins them, at least for me. Um, you know, I feel like you don't talk to the people that you should be talking to the people that are using your site every day. Um, and even just as a collector, sometimes I feel like it's a interesting situation to be in when your hobby becomes a business for you. You've got to kind of separate the two. So, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm just going to be excited to be, you know, walking around and interacting with people and looking for cards for my own personal collection. And you mentioned that, what do you collect? Yeah. So right now, um, there's, there's a set that I kind of stumbled back across. I actually helped my mom, uh, move out of our family home. Uh, my dad had passed away two years ago. So we've kind of been settling his life. Um, and we were moving out of the kind of the childhood home. And so I, once again, you stumble across that you've got cards kind of in every room and every closet. Um, and the set that I'm collecting now is actually 2004 upper deck power up. Um, it's kind of a little bit of an oddball set. I remember, you know, back when I was a kid going to target and going to quick trip, which is like a gas station chain here in the Midwest, um, and getting those packs after school and after, you know, doing well in its test. And it just brought back, you know, a lot for me, especially with my dad having passed away. Uh, so recently, anything that kind of ties me, uh, to my childhood and, you know, that has that emotional feel, I think that's what makes cards special. And, it really checks the boxes for me that I think the cards look good. You know, I have a personal tie to the time and you know, to the memories and they're not very expensive. So uh, that's really what the hobby is all about for me. I'm not, you know, as excited by seeing a million dollar card sale. I'm excited by, you know, the things that bring me back to a time. Remember where I like to root for a team or a player, or I remember, you know, going with my parents uh, to card stores and I've got a six month old son now. So I'm looking forward, you know, once he gets a little bit older to let him kind of relive the experiences that I had as a kid that made things so fun. What's your thoughts on um, the hobby in the last you know year with, with fanatics coming in and kind of, you know, being the, the thousand pound uh, gorilla, so to speak, and uh, you know, coming in and, and purchasing tops and uh, just, you know, the availability of cards at, at a retail retail location has, has kind of, change back and forth from you can't find basketball and football cards you can find baseball cards and just the direction that the hobby's going yeah so i think it's a really interesting time in the hobby um and i understand that a lot of people are nervous about it you know and there are things that make me nervous as well um you know change is hard um but ultimately you know from the things that i've heard it seems like people at fanatics are going to do the best that they can do and it seems like they have people that do care about cards and i think that you know, one of the things sometimes that gets lost in translation, because I go to a lot of shows and I talk to other, you know, kind of business leaders and, and people in the industry, um, you know, a lot of the things that are, are pushed on social media are not really the things that are happening at these companies. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, the rumors spread around the world kind of before the truth can Very get up and quickly. put its pants on. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that it's important for us to, you know, give anybody that's new a chance that's coming into the industry as long as we feel like they're genuine. Um, But I I really think you hit the nail on the head on the last part is, you know, even just going back to what I had said previously about being able to walk into a gas station when I was six, seven, eight years old and buy cards. And it really grew my love, not only for the sports that I was watching, but, you know, it set the foundation for me now as a young man, having a store that I run as a business that supports my family and then also launching this marketplace. We need to make sure that this is accessible to kids. Um, And I, I think that that was some of the the sad things that was happening during the kind of the COVID period was that you had, you know, grown men camping out, you know, fist fighting and pulling guns on each other for boxes of cards. And, you know, I picture that kid that walked in on a Saturday morning, you know, at maybe 11 or 12 o'clock with his parents when they were going grocery shopping. And he, unfortunately he couldn't find a pack. And those are going to be the, the generation that continues to seed the growth of this industry long after you and I are around here. 
like I said, sports cards have been around 150 years. So I really hope that uh, that's one of the things that Fanatics focuses on and, and that all the manufacturers focus on is making sure that they're accessible price points um, for really anybody. Um, because, you know, the last few years, it's been tough. It, you know, the prices have kind of went through the roof and, you know, the return on investment for a lot of people isn't there either. And it's not really fun to spend thousand dollars in a box and open it and get fifty dollars worth of cards if you're wow, lucky it's crazy so, but what is the demographics been of, of the people that are using uh, by sports cards.com uh is it uh, skewing is, is it old guys like me or is it it's skewing younger and, and you're getting a lot of high school and, and college age kids yeah it's it's that's been one of the interesting things too especially when it comes to our marketing and where we target different people um you know i would say early on for us it started out with the younger demographic um, just because we grew a social media following early and that's how we did a lot of our, our polling and, and figuring out, you know, what are the things that people are looking for on the site so that we can make sure we were building what, you know, I say the hobby kind of built the website. As much as I had a lot of ideas, the hobby validated or pushed us in other directions through polling where we'd get over a thousand people voting on this stuff. Um, but we have, you know, in the last few weeks really seen, you know, more people from an older gen generation because as we get so many cards on the website, inevitably a lot of the cards are older cards. And that's where, you know, our site is really targeted towards low to mid in cards, um, you know, things that are probably going to be $100 and less. And that often is going to be set collectors, that's going to be player collectors um, that want to fill those out. We have tons of cards that are, you know, less than a dollar. And so we do see a good mix, which is exciting to me, uh, because ultimately, you know, the hobby is much more wide ranging than just my demographic or your demographic. And we want to continue to build this out so that it's something that whether you're nine years old or 90 years old that you can get on our website and you can find something uh but more importantly that you know how to use the website you know it you mentioned it looking pretty and and functioning well but it's not overwhelming in terms of a new experience it's just kind of giving a facelift and an improvement on the you know kind of replacing the engine on some of these other sites that have existed out there and so that's one of the things that's exciting for us is that we've had a lot of different people that have come on the website it's a pretty good mix have you seen a lot of traction and i'm very interested in this in terms of the and i do say this with all due respect kind of the second tier sports the soccer cards and the uh you know the ufc mm -hmm. cards and the wrestling cards and all the kind of the other the other sports cards as opposed to the the big two three or big four are you seeing a lot of traction in, in those type of cards as well yeah you know i would say that more than i expected you know Kind of like you, um, you know, no disrespect. And some of those are sports that I collect. You know, I, I like some of the MMA cards and things like that. Um, but those have been ones that are maybe newer um, in terms of the acceptance or the growth of the product availability. Um, we have de definitely seen, you know, things like the um, Prism WWE, um, some of the different UFC related products. You definitely see soccer picking up a little bit with the uh, World Cup coming up here. Um, you know, it's obviously not on the level of baseball, basketball, football, and even hockey. Um, but I think there's positive growth there. And I think kind of with, with Panini throwing a lot of their weight behind some of those products and those products, you know, whether that be in the United States or abroad, still having a following that there's a lot of potential there. Um, so it's been surprising to me like you, because I, I do traditionally kind of come from, at least for me, the big three, uh, that I personally collect and that have been accessible my whole life. Um, but I, I really do hope that those are sports that, you know, we can continue to get more people into the hobby because, you know, I started with basketball, football and baseball, but I've expanded into MMA. And so if, you know, MMA is something that speaks to somebody and, you know, then they can get in to the big three from that direction. It's just something that continues to to grow the hobby for all of us. You have, you know, you say you're almost two million cards now. Is it um, 
is it mostly newer cards or is it a good mix of vintage and newer cards listed in the marketplace? Uh, and where do you see the, the growth right now? Where, are you seeing more new cards listed or more vintage cards listed? Um, I would say that it's, it's probably really a good mix. Um, you know, some of the newest cards um, we have kind of, it seems like the younger sellers that are getting on and listing this stuff as the new sets come out. Um, you know, in terms of our path to a million cards, I know you kind of mentioned that earlier on. Um, it's kind of been a, a two two prong approach that we've had. So we'll have you know individual sellers that maybe see us at a show, they see us on social media, that they get onto the website and they start listing cards. A lot of those will be newer cards, um, but we've also had a lot of stores and big individual sellers uh, that come to us and say, you know, here's a spreadsheet of all my cards or this inventory management system that I keep for my store. Um, can you help me get these on? Because it's not, you know, time um, sensitive, or it's, it's a little bit time sensitive for them. And it's not something that they want to sit there and list, you know, hundreds of thousands of cards. And so that really has helped us so that, you know, we have cards going back, you know, to the forties and fifties all the way, you know, to modern day. And so I think that we've got kind of a good approach where we span, you know, a lot of different sports and a, and a lot of time periods. And, you know, as more people list cards, they kind of fill in the gaps in between. Now, eBay's uh, instituted this this uh, authentication program, you know, mm -hmm. protection program. Is this something that you have uh, that you've put in place to uh, protect buyers and sellers? Yes. Yeah. So um, we haven't we don't have an authentic uh, authenticity kind of guarantee program, um, which I know that's also kind of a hot hot button issue right now in the industry. So you're trying to set me up here on that. No, no, I wasn't it. trying to set you up. It's just, I'm, you know, in the last, honestly, it's something that I never thought of. And in, in the last year, it's just been kind of rampant in terms of, uh, you know, counterfeits and, you know, we collect yeah. autographs and autographs and forgeries have always yeah. been a problem, but I never realized how much a problem is of uh, fake cards out there. And it's yep. been really yeah. reared its ugly head in the last year. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. No, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, along, but, I yeah. wasn't trying to 60 minutes set you up. Was... No, no, it's fine. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things too about that, so I'll say what we do and then we'll, I'll talk about it as a bigger thing. So one of the things that we do that I think is really interesting is we actually, I think, fix some of the problems that eBay has on this stuff, because it's not only um, going to be with counterfeits, but you also have people that want to kind of have frivolous returns because a player gets hurt or maybe they don't do as well as you would expect. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was when a sale happens, the sale is final. The only exceptions to that in terms of a return or a refund is if you're sent the wrong card, the card's damaged, or it's a counterfeit card. And in those cases, as a buyer, you're going to be protected um, on our website. But you know, we, in terms of getting sent the wrong thing or it not being in the right condition, you know, we asked the buyers to reach out uh, you know, within 48 to 72 hours after they received the item, because we don't want them to reach out a month from now when somebody gets hurt. And then, you know, as a, unfortunately, as a seller, then you have to eat the return. Um, but what we've seen uh, is as much as a lot of these counterfeit things get a lot of attention, um, it's really not as prevalent um, in the market as I think, you know, kind of the, the social media world would like you to think in a lot of a lot of cases, you know, most buyers and sellers are really good people. They love the hobby. They just want to exchange you know, cards for money and continue to do that for a really long time. And so we really don't see it as a problem a lot. And like I said, most of the cards that we're dealing with are, I would even say $20 and less. Um, we see lots of cards, $20 and less that are sold on the website, probably the majority. So, and those are cards that aren't typically counterfeited. Um, you know, right. we haven't ran into this issue now th three months in. 
Um, you know, we haven't actually had any issues with returns or, or refunds either, because we kind of set the expectation on the website that, you know, this is a place where we want it to be, you know, people that are in the hobby, both buying and selling. And we kind of understand, you know, these are the moral guidelines of, you know, transacting online. And, um, you know, we haven't had a lot of problems in that regards, but we have a lot of uh, procedures in place to make sure that if there are people that are trying to be nefarious on the marketplace and scam people that we can step in and, and make sure that as a buyer, you're protected. And, and same thing as a seller, you know, if there's a, a buyer that's trying to rip you off, we're able to step in. And, and that's something that was very, very important for me um, as both a collector and somebody that owns a store to understand both sides of that issue. Well, speaking with Connor Walden, Connor is founder and CEO of BuySportsCards.com. It is a fantastic new marketplace. Uh, they've had almost 2 million cards listed in their marketplace. Uh, Connor, just one last question, then I'll let you go. Um, do you have any anecdotal uh, stories that you can tell us that somebody found a card that they've been looking for or some kind of cool uh, story one of one of your 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 marketplace sellers can, can share they can share that you know what people always love to hear success stories so <laughs> yeah no I I, uh, I think that that's a great last question so uh, you know one of the things that's been overwhelming to me and I think it's important not just in this industry but also kind of in society today for us to remember is I think most people are are really great people that just want to, you know, enjoy their life and go about doing things in a, in a positive way. And, you know, uh, there are negative things that go on in the world and in the hobby, but I, I feel like sometimes they get under the microscope, um, especially with the way that, you know, media, both within the hobby and out, you know, show things. And so sometimes it's really easy to be negative and to think, you know, wow, there's so many scammers or so many bad things going on when the reality is there's millions of people buying cards every day. Um, you know, and, and there's not a lot of problems. And so, you know, one of the things that's been exciting for me early on, because, you know, this has been a huge endeavor for me, you know, I've put my life savings behind this business, I didn't take out a loan, I didn't take any outside investment. Um, I decided that I wanted to do it myself so that we could build what I thought should be built. And that nobody would, you know, deter us and say, you've got to, you know, squeeze every user for the last penny, I wanted to do what I thought was right. Um, and I've had people that have found, my personal Facebook, uh, they find me at shows and they say, you know, thank you for building this. We, we've wanted something like this. It's helped us find cards we're looking for. It helps, you know, with the 0% fees, it's helped them keep a little bit more money in their pocket during a difficult time. And, you know, those are the things that when we're running into issues on the website, you know, there's a bug that we can't solve or, you know, we're trying to get users. Uh, those are the kind of things that keep us going. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope that everybody just remembers that this is a really great industry. There's a lot of great people. Um, and we definitely appreciate anybody that, you know, believes in our vision uh, and wants to be a part of it, because we think that not only will this grow our business, but it hopes to grow the whole hobby. And if anybody is a fan of what we're doing, uh, the biggest thing that they can do is just to support. And that's not financially. Um, you know, if you like the website, then tell a friend about it. And, uh, you know, that's where we've seen a lot of awesome stories where I have people that you know, find my Facebook randomly and will say, you know, thank you so much for building this. You know, we've had a lot of frustrations, the things that you talk about experiencing, uh, we've had them too, you know, keep going, you know, don't, don't sell out on this, you know, vision because, uh, this is something that should exist. And so that's something that means a lot to me. Again, we're speaking with Connor Walden, Connor's founder and uh, CEO of buy sports cards.com Connor, why don't you let people know how they can join the, uh, the site, how they can sell cards on the site, how they can follow you on social media. And, uh, you know, if they have a question or, or a comment for you, how they can reach out to you. 
Yep. Yeah. So you can find us at buysportscards.com. That's B-U-Y and then S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-R-D-S.com. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook under Buy Sports Cards. Uh, on Twitter, it's home of the hobby because that's kind of our goal to be the home of the hobby here. Um, and then, yeah, the biggest thing for us is that we love feedback. Um, you know, I want to constantly improve the experience that you have as both a buyer and a seller. So my personal email for the company is Connor, which is C-O-N-N-E-R at buysportscards.com. So if you guys have any feedback for me, any questions about the website, uh, feel free to reach out. I love to interact uh, with people in the hobby. I, I kind of see myself, you know, as somebody who's been in it for a long time. And I, I didn't come at it from the standpoint of, you know, I was in the business, business world and got assigned to the, the trading cards or the sports card department. I'm somebody that, you know, came up through the, the sports cards and that's where my love is too. So if you just want to talk about your favorite cards, or if you've got a card for me from uh, upper deck power upset, feel free to reach out at any time. I'd love to hear from, you know, the listeners that you got. Very cool. Well, Connor, we're going to talk to you when you hit 10 million, because that that's the, that's the goal, right? We're going to hit, we'll, we'll talk to you when you hit 10 million. I want to hopefully we'll bump each other at the national. We will be floating yep. around the national. Looking forward to that. Once again, guys, it is buysportscards.com. Check it out. If you want to buy cards, no charge to join. You just go on, sign up. Takes about, I don't know, a minute, maybe less to yep. join. And you can also sell. I haven't sold anything. I'm not a, not a really a seller, but it, I, I did click on the sell button and it seemed pretty easy to sign up as a seller as well. Uh, it's a brand new marketplace. They have almost 2 million cards driving towards 10 million. Uh, Connor is uh, passionate about cards. If you, if you can't tell by, by his, the last half hour that we spent with him. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you guys the best of luck. Awesome, Jeff. Well, I really appreciate you having on the show. You know, you do a great job and the motivation to get back on here and talk to you again is going to be burning strong for me. So I want to get to 10 million cards as quickly as possible. All right. When you get 10 million cards, you are, you, you are booked. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you, Connor. Bye. Well, that wraps up another show, Drew. I can't believe we, we, we finished June. The month flew by, didn't it? No kidding. I mean, I've been sitting here waiting for July to come around. It's like, whoa, we're right on the doorstep of it now. So uh, yeah, here we go. It's, it's go time there for the, uh, the trip and for the national everything and everything will come after that. Yeah. Well, just for the the rest of uh, the month of July, we'll be running with our regular shows um, and then we, we haven't decided what we're going to do during the week of the national. If we're going to have a show during the week, we're just going to have um, snippets and special uh, shows every day, or we, we'll do something during the national special. And then um, we've got Joe, Drew is going to be calling in from his trip. We've all, all, excuse me, all sorts of cool stuff coming up. So we want to thank everyone for listening. All our new listeners. Thank you very much. All our old listeners, guys, if you want to send feedback, if you're interested in being a guest, just send us an email. Send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's right. We want to thank Connor Walden from uh, buysportscards.com. We want to thank Ted Mann from collects.app. We want to thank Drew for putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we have uh, NBA and ABA veteran Chuck Williams to learn about his career in professional basketball and, and talk autographs with him. And uh, I think that's it. And I th- we will have a show um, the week of July 4th, weekend of July 4th. We'll have a show b- before the July 4th weekend next week. And then we've got all sorts of cool interviews that I've been, uh, that, I, I, that I've already conducted in the last couple of weeks. So we have a lot of cool interviews to, to play for you guys in July. So we're going to have a lot of great shows. Let your friends know what we're doing. TTM cast again, send us an email. If you're interested in being guests, if you want to just talk, uh, cards with us or if you have a question send it to 
TTMcast at yahoo.com. That's why we keep them around, just like a pro. Well, Drew, thank you very much. You have a good week, my friend. Uh, Again, happy birthday to my wife. I love you. And guys, we'll see you next week. Many happy returns.